Hello, everybody. Crypto traders around the world. We're back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, a.k.a. Basic Cryptonomics. Thank you for joining here today. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We've got a couple topics I want to go through. First, let's get the particulars out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. Once again, that site is CryptoTalkRadio.net. That's where you're going to find all of our past, present, and future podcast episodes. The podcast is on all major podcasting platforms as well. Feel free to check that out. Let us know what you think. Link at the top says contact. Click that. Fill out the form. Come straight in. We read each and every one of those. We appreciate hearing feedback from our listeners, whether you're a subscriber or not. We would appreciate your subscription if you're a first-time listener. We again welcome you here. We think you're going to find it's completely different from any other crypto podcast that's out there. And hopefully you get great enrichment to the point that you feel like you want to spread the word out there. The last thing I'll call out is our triad membership. The triad is where we are trying to build a community of serious investors, not the kids that say the word Jeet and say the word Keck and can't half read. We're talking serious investors that believe there's something to this cryptocurrency thing and they want to talk to other grown adults, other serious people. Get away from the toxicity. Check it out on the site. Click on triad. It'll tell you about our different tiers for joining the full on triad. If you still have questions, you can join us in our discord channel. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there. And anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. All right, lovely people. We got a few internal updates. Won't take long. And then we will get into our news for the internal side. I actually chewed out somebody on the uh, uh, first endeavor. Same guy that was causing issues since May. Unfortunately, he has not come around, and I had to just bite him a new one. Did not want to. That's not the way I roll. But I always say, if you give it, you better be ready to take it. And I don't think he was ready to receive what I had to give. And then he sidebarred me and said, you know, I'm not trying to do that. And I know he's playing games. I'm not playing the game. We don't have time. We're under a tight deadline. We have to get stuff done by December 15th. And there's a lot to do because it's so broken. I'm only doing one part of the application. I've been working on it for two months. So I don't have time for the sidetrack stuff. And then there's somebody else that's kind of caught up in his feelings. And he didn't, he has a role and I understand, but he's also new. He doesn't understand the dynamics of some of the people. And one of the main people really likes working with me because she knows that I can read her mind, which is what she wants. Other people want to be able to try to dance around it. And they're, they piss her off every time. So that one's a very interesting one on the second endeavor then. I'm getting more involved in helping the users and I build it out and I had to chew them out a little bit for a small thing. I don't think it's a big deal. It's just there's somebody who's trying to dictate a thing and I had to lay to smack it down on his candy ass kind of thing. I'm, I'm still optimistic. It's not, they're good people. It's just they're. It seems like certain people, I think they have people hired there that don't really have the skill that warrants the pay that they receive. I'm trying to be as nice as I can be. So Without further ado, because, you know, the other update part of this, you know, without further ado, so I can get back to uh, playing this garbage that is Star Ocean, the Divine Force, let's go ahead and get into our news. we got a couple of good bits here um, and some bad news, and I want to try to drill it as best I can, and then another brief update on the crypto I talked about before. So right off the jump, looking at Ethereum on our chart, we're waving around the 1500 mark. It did spike ever earlier, getting close to 1580, wavering back down. This is still a good sign. And 
for anybody that's been listening to V for a while at CryptoTalkRadio.net, you'd have heard me say that I'm pretty confident that Ethereum will go back to its level and higher. We, we will see that it has a bullish feeling behind it. It did not do a major run-up. And there's a reason why, which I'll get to a little bit later. But it has a strong sentiment behind it. Ethereum has confidence behind it, more so than Bitcoin. However, with Bitcoin, it was slightly impacted when Jerome Powell went up there, gave more words to kill the business that basically, they're not really acting to fix inflation. They're kind of tap dancing and just to level set what's going on with all this business. What's happening is that they're not really doing anything to fix inflation. They talk a good game. They talk about these things. They talk about changing rates. Maybe they're trying a couple things. There's not really a plan to fix the inflation situation. They don't really have a plan. They don't really know what they're doing because of the uncertainty principle. That's what's really causing some of the flux where it's kind of holding level. Cause what you've got is the bearish side, people who are saying, you know what, screw this cryptocurrency business. And then the bulls who are trying to hold the line. There are actually wealthy people who are trying to hold the line, which is weird because you would expect them to want to buy the dips. But I think many of them understand that if you get too much sell pressure, especially around Bitcoin, they're going to, it's going to cause some harm, especially because many of them possibly have longs put in. And so if it goes to a point down, they're going to get wrecked. They're going to get killed by, on the exchanges. So it's an interesting time. It's, it's the polar opposite, actually polar opposite of what we saw in like the tail end of 2021, where we started to see this decline, didn't really understand what's going on overall, but we saw the first inklings of what would become the bear run. And we saw that the whales were perfectly happy to dump out of projects and there was less desire. We saw people get wrecked, certainly on the longs side, but it started to settle down a little bit. Then we started to see people shorting it as it went down, then it hit a base, bounce back up, they get wrecked. Then it's kind of glowing back up and then they put longs and then they get wrecked when it craps because Gary Gensler kills the business. It's an, it's an interesting situation we're seeing cryptocurrency. Summary of this is that crypto is in a good spot. It doesn't feel like it to anybody listening to me right now. And I understand that. I'm telling you from my lens, crypto is in a good spot. The reason I say it's in a good spot, it's not crapping, right? It's not crap. It was cra like literally the first quarter of 2022. This was crapping, the definition of crapping. It was going down inexplicably large amounts. And then we saw just previous quarter where Ethereum went as low as 900, which was unheard of. And then, of course, I told people, I don't think it's going to stay this low, <laughs> this long. If you want to get in, this is the right time. And had people listen to Leicester, you'd almost double the money. Regardless, you didn't want to come back and get my credit. But the point is, is that I believe everything's in a good spot and position for a bull run. I believe that everything's holding the line. They were holding the line for the FOMC. That's Jerome Powell. And they're holding the line for the potential blowout in November. I think these events are going to tell us what the path is for cryptocurrency. The general sentiment, I think, is positive, especially with Elon Musk buying Twitter, which I have an update about here shortly. I think everything's in a good spot. It's patience, ladies and gentlemen, which is why for the past few months I've said, if you're going to invest in cryptocurrency, Focus on the core coins. They cannot steer you wrong. The Bitcoins, Ethereum's, AVAX, Compound, everything that's a layer one or layer two coin for a blockchain, focus on those. By and large, they can't steer you wrong. If you had taken that advice, and I have an update about this, three of them would have minimum doubled what you put in there. Those that didn't listen and went after the garbage like Pulse Dogecoin, there's nothing I can do. Some people are beyond help. 
I celebrate and respect your right to gamble on the meme garbage. I'm not a fan of it, but it's your money. Do what you will. My recommendation always is you can't go wrong with the core coins. They can never steal you wrong. That's where the money's going to come back in. Speaking of meme garbage, Elon Musk sent out a tweet, and it was a picture of a dog wearing a Twitter shirt, and it looks like it's a Shiba Inu dog, actually, and a pumpkin with the Twitter symbol cut out of it. This caused a major flurry. He didn't say anything about it. It just caused a major flurry, over a million likes, a crap ton of replies, and most importantly, a bunch of meme garbage tokens popped up, as seems to always be the case whenever Elon does a thing. Things like Baby Doge Twitter, Dogenal Trump, Space Twitter Doge, Elon Doge Twit, tons of these, all on the largely Binance Smart Chain, but also the Ethereum chain, spun up as pump and dumps. They were all they were all pump and dumps. They're designed to get quick cash off people. Because what happens is when Elon says a thing, it triggers the Asian markets in particular to start looking for these tokens when a token spins up, and then they jump into it because they're excited off the fact that Elon said a thing. That's why Floki became a thing. Floki was only a thing because Elon Musk sent a tweet out saying, I got a new dog, his name's Floki. And then Floki became a thing. And of course, that had two rug pulls behind it. There are some people who just keep going after the garbage. And that's what we're seeing with these garbage tokens. Of We found roughly 67 of them, all pump and dumps. Roughly 45% of them basically were complete rug pulls. In some cases, honeypots, right? So in certain situations, they were actually stealing tokens out of people's wallets. This is a very dangerous thing. And if you're listening to me, I want to tell you, please don't FOMO into anything. That doesn't matter what it is. Don't FOMO into anything. Second, make sure that it's not garbage. You know that these are garbage. You can tell by the name that they're garbage. Please don't invest in obvious garbage. If you choose to invest in obvious garbage because you're a gambler, I celebrate your right to be a gambler. Just admit you're a gambler. I will respect you. I say, please don't FOMO into garbage. Please don't put your money into garbage. However, it's all up to you what you choose to do with your money. Are you tired of hearing about Do Rug Pull, aka Do Kwan? I am, but I think it's a moral obligation that I speak about what's going on with the business because it does affect anybody who's holding or wanting to hold Terra Luna Classic or the new Luna Shiny. They found Do Rug Pull. Apparently, he's in Europe. And so at one point, he said, No, I'm still here in South Korea. That's not true. Apparently, he's in Europe, and apparently, they got his passport. They yanked his passport, so he ain't going anywhere at this point. And more important, and you're going to love this, evidence was found that apparently, there was some manipulation of price for some of these cryptocurrencies. Now, you're wondering, well, it's already too late. What happened? What's going on? Right? So, it's a deep story. I want to try to simplify the best that I can do. Here's what they found. They found that there was an employee that was working for Doe Rug Pull. And this person, apparently he was instructing this person to manipulate the price of Luna. Apparently, this manipulation, then what he would do is, you know, dump out, take the profit off this business. I can't say 100% exactly what was going on. He's still tweeting, and he, but he doesn't talk about all the specifics of what's going on and what they're finding, even though they're talking about this stuff. Hopefully, again, Elon will come out and say, here he is, go find this dude and rest his ass. I don't know, but the theory is that somehow he had this employee of his manipulate the price, and then he would take money out of this business. 
that's a form of insider trading in a, in a form. So again, he has never admitted he did all this other stuff. He's never admitted that what he did wrong. All he said was the fall of Tara was my fault, but he never said, you know what? Yeah, I was stealing people's money and influencing price and manipulating all this and took people's cash and ran. He's never said any of that stuff. I don't think he ever will, but that's what's going on with Mr. Doe Rugpull himself. Shib, Shiba Inu, which I'm tired of talking about, but again, it's a moral obligation that I do so in case you're holding it. There is roughly just shy of 1 billion Shib burned in just the month of October. Some people are cheering this, and I, I already did calculation on the YouTube channel. I do encourage you to check out that. Just go to our channel, search our videos for Shib. You're going to find our educational video where I said, you got trillions, trillions and trillions of tokens on this garbage, and it's going to take years for this to get anywhere close to a significant drop. Also, the, the fact is a lot of people are just holding this stuff. So people are cheering on this, but again, it's not going to have a, it's not going to make a dent in what's happening with ship. All I'm doing is sharing the fact that people are cheering that a billion tokens was shed, was shedded in a month. Again, it's got hundreds of trillions of tokens. The math speaks for itself. Even if you were to do 1 billion tokens a month, let's say you did that, right? There are 365 days in a year. So you can only basically burn just shy of 370 billion tokens every year. For, to get to a trillion, you need a thousand billion. So that's right there is basically three years alone for one trillion. You got 500 trillion in remaining that's sitting out there and some of it's held, but the point is 500 trillion sitting out there. Do the math. It'll t it's not enough. The billion is nothing. Until you get to a point where you can burn literally a trillion tokens every month or some odd, or even, well, I can't even say a year, like a trillion tokens every month or something, like you'd have to burn a significant amount to make a dent. I don't think they're going to be able to do it. I believe the team's going to quit and focus on leash and bone and basically say, screw shiv, there's nothing we can do. That's my theory. I can't say 100%, but that's what I believe is going to happen. If you're in the United Kingdom and you know about Santander, of course, it's a financial institution. Santander has implemented some crypto limitations on their transactions for customers in the UK itself. Apparently, there was some fraud that they identified or at least speculated about that triggered some of these limitations, quote, to protect its customers from the risks associated with investing in crypto assets. Quote, money held in customers' crypto wallets is unlikely to be protected by the ombudsman and the compensation scheme if something goes wrong. Quote, in an effort to shield, alleged effort to shield its customers from crypto-related risks, Santander believes it, the best way to protect its clients is to limit the amount of money they can send to crypto exchanges. Quote, the best way to make sure your money stays safe. This starts November 15th, and if you're not enraged, you should be enraged, because what they're saying is, you know what? We need to protect you. We need to keep you safe. So what we're going to do is we're going to block you from sending more than a certain amount to a crypto exchange. I said in my Wallets versus Exchanges episode, the exchange is going to be the number one way that you're going to get in and out, on and off the ramp of cryptocurrency. For them doing this, basically what they're doing is they're telling you that you're too stupid to understand what to do with your money. Frankly, what I would rather see you do is boycott Santander. I'm not calling it call to action. I'm saying what I'd like to see you do is boycott Santander. Send a message that it's your freaking money and you should be able to do whatever you want to do with it. A user came out and said, quote, 
Nothing new. UK banks have been slowly blocking limiting crypto payments for over a year now. I live there, multiple banks here. Okay, if that's true, and it's just the United Kingdom something, I think the people should rise up. Because if you start seeing more of a pattern of this, where the banks, I said it before, if there's going to be any kind of ban or restriction, it's going to start the exchanges. What easier way to do it than to go to the banks and basically say, stop them from doing the transaction. Do, 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 do. That's what you're seeing, folks. I would like to see more people boycott this kind of thing and send a message and say, you're not going to tell me what to do with my money. I doubt people will because most people, especially if they've been with banks for a long time, they are not willing to stand up against their bank. And that's depressing to me. I'm not in the UK, United Kingdom. I'm sorry, but I frankly think it's disgusting and I don't want to see a precedent set in my opinion. If you're a gamer or you have gamer friends or you know about gaming, you may know the name Square Enix. Square Enix, of course, is behind the Final Fantasy series, among many others. Square Enix has now revealed an Ethereum NFT game. This is an interactive art collecting experience. I have not personally seen this game. It's called Symbiogenesis. I like the name, but I've not seen this. I don't like, there's a little trailer if you want to go on their Twitter and check it out. I don't like seeing anything from Square Enix focusing on crypto. Not because I don't think they can do it, but because they got other problems to deal with. They got the Final Fantasy VII, uh, you know, episode Midgar garbage that they released as a scam. They got episode Sephiroth coming up here soon. That's essentially another scam. So there's another 60 bucks for a piece of a game. And then they got the Crisis Core reunion or whatever. I think that's a good one because nobody played the original one on PSP. They got other issues. They got other things to fix. And they're focusing on this. It's just going to take money away from the focus over here. I believe they're just banking on the popularity of their name. What I would like to see, and I don't think they did or plan to, but what I would have liked to have seen is them create an NFT line around certain sexy characters in the Final Fantasy series because we know that's a given sells. Of course, they're dealing with the triggered and the soft out there, but you take Lightning, you take Tifa, you take Aerith, you take you know all of these different female figures across time in the Square Enix franchise, and you turn those into sexy NFTs, you're going to make a mint. But of course, the sensitive people out there would boycott it, and they're probably afraid. So releasing this garbage, I don't support it. Something else I would like to see from them is to look at their old IPs like Parasite Eve and some of the other games that they had before and somehow leverage cryptocurrency if you're going to do it to reunite those old series. Like they bought a game called Million Arthur. It was actually developed by somebody else. Million Arthur was already a card game. So logic to me says, take that card game that you already own the IP for, had fantastic art, turn it into an NFT game. Why don't you do that? Because you already own the freaking game. Of course, these are these, you know, Harvard grads and other don't know a damn thing. So whatever, if they think they can make it work, I'm not going to support it. Fidelity. If you're in Fidelity, and I do happen to be in Fidelity for certain things, if you're in Fidelity, Fidelity announced recently, and this is huge news, that they're going to launch this Fidelity crypto focusing on Bitcoin and Ethereum. Initially, they're going to charge a spread 1% on trades. Crypto trades usually have fees in certain exchanges. This is normal. The one gap is, of course, you'd have to take your regular fiat from whatever bank and send it to whichever exchange that you plan to transact with. In this one, if you already have access to Fidelity from a banking perspective, you can now get on roads into their Fidelity crypto and make transactions initially on Bitcoin and Ethereum. You might be wondering, well, what good is it if it's only Bitcoin and Ethereum? The key thing here is if you want to get in on Bitcoin and Ethereum before they start going on a major run, 
This makes it easy to do it without having to do the swaps to get into the exchange in the first place. So you can, like Fidelity, for example, will let you put away money, like say from a check, you can say on a weekly basis, transfer a hundred bucks over to whatever, right? So you could just kind of like a penny jar, you could just toss money over into one of these cryptos, presumably, and stack it kind of out of sight, out of mind it. That would help me out because right now I have to basically take the money I've got. I have to wire it to a different bank. That bank then I is tied to, in my case, Coinbase. And then Coinbase, I can do the transaction. And then from there, I send it to the wallet. I'd rather not do that, especially because with Bitcoin, I don't really care as much. Here, I could just basically tie it to the Fidelity, do the transaction, set up the schedule and forget it because it's out of sight, out of mind. I'd love to see that personally. And it was huge news because it's one of the first that we're seeing a financial institution actually embrace the transactions of crypto. You can always do it on the, um, like for the equivalents, like the ETFs, but we're talking the actual crypto itself. I think it's kind of exciting. The last bit of news I'll cover doesn't directly tie to cryptocurrency, but there was news I covered before about it, and it was crypto-related. Stripe, which is a payment processing, aka fintech company. Stripe, I gave an episode a while back, and I talked about the fact that they had refused for the longest time to embrace cryptocurrency payments. I didn't really know why they chose to do that. All I know is that they refused, flat out refused to do it. Whereas other ones had started embracing, you know, crypto payments and then other upstarts came up. And then by the time Stripe said, okay, crap, we better get on this. Deep, deep, it was already too late. Well, Stripe is cutting its workforce. Apparently a lot of these fintech companies and cryptocurrency companies, they're losing. They're allegedly, they can't pay employees. So they're cutting people off um, because they're losing money. That's what they claim and that they overhired, and they say that, okay, we overhired for what we're in now. Here's the truth. Companies like a Stripe, companies like a Square, companies like Plaid and all these other ones, they've got record revenue, record. PayPal just posted close to $7 billion in revenue. The revenue is not the problem, and I want to clear this for you. The reason that we're seeing so many cuts in staff is has to do with how they chose to hire, what they do is they'll overhire in anticipation for a certain level of bull run. In Stripe's case, what happens is they overhired for a different world. They overhired for a different processing for payments and everything else. So in their case, they're just stupid. They're just incompetent. And I say that I, I like Stripe as a company. The point is they got it wrong. They, they got it wrong in why they hired who they hired. In the other ones, it was overhiring to anticipate a bull run. It's kind of like the cryptos where they build for a bull run, but they don't know what the heck to do when it's a bear market. Same situation here. So instead of just getting the right sizing of the people that you need and making sure that you always assess things like tasks, daily tasks. So you'll have people who just fill out timesheets, right? Especially in the white collar, you fill out an eight hour timesheet. Most people lie on those things because they don't want to do it. They lie. Chances are they're only doing like three to four hours of work every day. But your management tier doesn't watch their staff. So they don't know what the people are or are not doing. They don't know. That's those people over there browsing Twitter or browsing Facebook or browsing whatever. I promise you, during the 2020, uh, leading up to the 2020 election, tons of people were sitting on Twitter laughing at what was going on at the time. They weren't doing work. And so then they'll lie on the timesheet talking about, yeah, just did eight hours worth of a code. And they didn't do nothing. And so later, there's an evaluation happening and saying, huh. These people aren't doing anything. We got too much. Basically, there's too much people and not enough work. When the truth is, 
there's certainly a lot of work and you could be using those people if you force them to freaking do their job and learn a new craft, but they ain't got no balls. These managers had no balls to force their staff to learn a new trade. So then what do they do? They'll just cut them because if you're not the kind of person who will step up and say, I want to learn a new something. I want to get more into it. I'm bored. I want to be more used. I want to be more engaged. You're the first on the cutting block. I learned this a long time ago. I learned that way back in 2016 or 2006, actually, when the company did mass layoffs and they were, they cut everybody else except me for the software we were doing. And I was actually wanting to get cut. They wouldn't lay me off because I'm the hardest freaking worker in the place. So I learned, okay, if you just step up and handle your business, you're pretty much cool as far as layoffs. So if you want to get laid off, you can't because you're just, you walk on water. Whereas everybody else, they take excessive time off. They're slackers, whatever. They're going to get caught at some point. So my point is this business with Stripe and all these fintech companies is not because of anything where they're truly hurting. I guarantee you those leaders are making major amounts of bank. What's happening is they hired the wrong people for the wrong reasons at the wrong time for the wrong market. And they never planned for a bear market because they didn't do it. The collateral damage is the lowly worker. That's happened. I also guarantee you that the inflation played a big factor in this, not because of the impact on them, but simply because of the illusion that they, okay, well, we don't need as many people as we thought we did. And I promise later, once everything picks back up, it'll be like, oh crap, we better start hiring again. And they ain't going to call those people they laid off. They're going to go after brand new, fresh people out of college. It's a form of age discrimination. I wanted to gossip, but you ain't heard that from me. That's going to do it for today's episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. I want to thank you for listening here today. I know you have choices, whether you're a new listener or a subscriber. We appreciate each and every one of you. Check out our site, CryptoTalkRadio.net. We have a contact form, the link's at the very top. We'd love to hear from you and how we're doing and what you like or what you don't like. We read each and every one of those. Also, check out our triad. The triad is a community that we're working to build forward of strong, smart investors, the ones that want to lead us into the next generation of cryptocurrency to evolve cryptocurrency into a more mature investment strategy for people, help people as they're growing and they get into this space. We don't want the ones that say the word Jeet and the ones that will say the word Kek. We want the ones that treat this as a serious thing. Join us on our journey. Until next time, take care, be safe. Please don't YOLO into projects, any project. It doesn't matter what it is. Be smart with your investments. Make sure you always keep a roof over your head, food on your table. Your family comes first. Don't get stuck in this. Our goal is to try to help keep you safe, but we're only an informing source. There are a lot of sources out there, some of which are not really looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. So always be careful with the advice that you take and what you do with that information is up to you, but just be smart about it is all we ask. See you next episode.